Craft Beer Radio, episode 346, on August 22nd, 2015. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio. I just want to say happy birthday to my sister, Joanna. And also, I want to welcome Nick back to the show. Hey, Nick. Hello again. We're doing a series of five bombers and perhaps an extra beer. One of them is... Uh, oh, and Nick just dropped all his stuff. <laughs> what should we go with first? This is an interesting collection we have here. Yeah, there's there's not really like low volume to yeah. high volume here. It's... Uh... We, we might stuff. want to go with this one first, yeah, sure. I'm thinking. Sounds good. So what we have is, this is, I think, a beer that you brought back, right? Yeah, this is a Saver smuggled oh, beer. Oh, Saver beer. This is from Urban Family Public House. This is their Citron Noir. It is a Saison made with black lemons. Now, uh, black lemons are not actually lemons. They are dried limes, but they are used as a souring agent. Okay, and Jeff is passing that. We're doing some uh, mix, messing up more logistics stuff here. because we have to do a lot of moving around. But let's see, it's six point eight percent alcohol by volume. Don't have anything on their website, so I only have a um, beer advocate page to look at. Yeah, this is a beer they're pouring at Saver, so it may be a bit on the rare side. Yeah. They call it a dark farmhouse ale brewed with black lemons. Uh, they bourbon family is in Magnolia, Seattle. Bottle conditioned for your pleasure. <laughs> oh, look, they have nice, nice of them to have all the ingredients right up here. Hiller Tau hops, uh, malted barley, Seattle water farmhouse yeast blend, uh, and also black lemons, dried limes. Okay. It pours porterish. It's dark. There's some kind of reddish highlights at the very bottom of the glass. The head kind of evaporated really quickly. We're down to just kind of a ring around the edge of the glass. It fell on the floor if you're looking for your color guide. I am looking for my color guide. Okay. I mean, there isn't really much reason to pull out of it because it's just it's black, so it's, it's in the 40 area. But it looks almost, it, it almost looks stoutish. When you look at it, right? Right. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's a black saison, yeah. you know, kind of, or or they call it dark farmhouse, but yeah, it's kind of like the idea of a black IPA, where you know it's not going to be stouty; right. it's just going to be dark in color. It'll contribute some flavors to the beer, but it's not going to be contributing, you know, stout type flavors or port type flavors, which the colors are indicative of. Okay, so there's a, a kind of a grassy lemongrass uh, sour note on the nose, a little a little sort of wheat esque, like even though there's no wheat in here, uh, and definitely some some estery stuff I'm getting from the yeast. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of char type aroma from the the dark malts that I'm getting, but it's it's really just mixed in with the um, estery uh, farmhouse type flavors, and then the wheat type uh, um, grassiness. Yeah. It's it's almost kind of like tingy, a little bit like real thin. Okay, just in the 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 aspect, the sour aspect. Or? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably the the sour aspect of it. But 
it, it seems to be like a very thin, like it's it's going like water. The effervescence is a little bit yeah, yeah. thin. Okay, I can get to recover. If I really stick my nose in the glass and like cover the top and breathe, I kind of get some of that surface character, and it kind of reminds me kind of like. Um, you know, like lemon floor cleaner or something like that, where it's it's not super bright citrus, mm. but it's kind of, you know, the kind that, you know, you get in the, the cleaning agents. And I don't mean that as an insult. Um, it's not a bad thing. It's just that's where it took me with the aroma. It's a floor wax. Yes, it is huh. our topping. Well, yeah, it, it, it's not super harsh or anything like that, or it's not solventy, mm-hmm. but, you know, that's kind of how the aroma is. Yeah, there's sort of a, a vague essence of, of it without it being o- an overpowering, and so that's sort of... Yeah, it, it definitely... Ooh. Someone is shooting fireworks off. <laughs> <laughs> I opened the window because it's a cooler day. We didn't have the air on, and this room was getting hot with the three of us in here. <laughs> and some neighbors getting firework crazy. Twenty-one gun salute for this game. <laughs> um, it's definitely for me a, a little bit unique. Like I'm tasting beer, I I can't pinpoint off the top of my head something I've had in this like kind of flavor and texture. So you're kind of lost. You're saying you're like you're not yeah, really have anything bit. to really pull you home to any particular yeah exactly. Place? I mean I'm I'm not like. Uh, Greg knows. Greg has watched yeah. me and my well, baby I mean, we steps talk, for We it. talk often about benchmarks. And like when we describe people, you know, we find it valuable to start at something that's fairly well known or and then walk out from there. But I get what you're saying, right? Because when you drink this, you're kind of in the middle of this unfamiliar territory, right? Yeah. You're not really tasting too much that's familiar. I forget the exact word you used uh, just now when you were talking about it. You said you're sort of a, a, maybe something in the wilderness with this. Uh, you're not alone. I'm with you too. This is different. This is um, not typically saison. Doesn't uh, has some of those characters, but it does have a lot of sort of uh, caramelized character to mm-hmm. it, which is not something I'm used to at all with saison. Um, the sour notes are there, but they're they're fleeting. They're not uh, exactly expressive. They're almost wheat-like in terms of what they're giving uh except for a little bit on the sides a little, a little slight um acidic note on the side of the yeah. mouth. for for as dark as it looks it's it's a lot lighter yeah than what i was expecting i was thinking of more along the lines of like uh it was like a farmhouse champagne ale i can't i'm trying to think of off the top of my head that i had for new year's and it was like a, it was a wheat ale, and that's what it's kind of reminding me like like a blonde wheat almost. Mm. But for like the darkness that I'm getting from like the visual aspect, I would expect yeah. it to be a lot more thicker, a lot fuller than what it is. So, like, like Jeff was saying, you know, I totally agree. We we like to kind of throw down mile markers at certain points and say, yeah. okay, this is twenty miles from this, basically. So so we can give an idea of where things are. Yeah, I'm kind of in the wilderness with this one. How do you describe it? Like I said, I can describe pieces of it, but as mm-hmm. a whole, it's a kind of bewildering beer. I'm, I'm yeah, still th- that's how of, I yeah. feel about it. The um, I've never had black lemon, so I don't know like what part of the flavors. I, I just looked it up on Wikipedia. I see pictures of it. It looks like it's generally um, it's either sold whole or it's ground into a yeah. fairly a pretty coarse powder. Um. Okay, so dried limes are strongly flavored. They taste sour and citrusy like lime, but they also taste earthy or somewhat smoky and lack sweetness of fresh limes. They can also carry a fermented flavor. 
Hmm. Yeah, I've never had them before either, so I don't know what aspect of them I'm getting. If they're supposed to be super sour, I'm not tasting a huge amount of them here. Um, or at least I'm not tasting overdoing of them, let me put it that way. Uh, I'm getting getting an aspect of it, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I mean, what am I getting? The, the dark malts are providing a little more character and flavor than I had expected. Uh, it, it's kind of ashy it's it's or it's like burnt toffee or something like that i, I can get the toffee but like burnt toffee not, yeah not really like good toffee it, it's kind of on the burnt side and then yeah i can imagine that like the main part of the flavor is coming from those lemons but i don't know and try to describe that main part of the flavor it's kind of citrusy but it's kind of a the wikipedia word says it kind of carries a fermented flavor you know maybe that's it maybe where it's kind of kind of um uh a tea that's fermented um kombucha no 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 it's dry tea it's uh oh um it's very earthy in oh talk I'm gonna find this. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm surprised by the amount of the, the the amount of dark malt that I'm getting in here. The, the malanoidin character. Uh, I expected sort of like Jeff did. You know, black IPA. They don't generally they, they don't generally bring a lot of um, roasty character to it. It's just a this one. Yeah, this one brings like, it along. I, I like it when black IPAs do that when they do bring along the roasty character. Yeah. I think it actually does go well. It reminds me of something like maybe maybe along the lines of like a wood barrel kind of flavor. I I can see where some of that might come from. I mean, there's no. I, I mean, I'm not saying yeah. obviously it was, but I'm saying that's yeah. that's where the way I can describe the kind of the smokiness that I'm getting from it. Yeah, I think to to to, to pull that. To pull that out, I would say, yeah, take out the the vanilla, the the vanillins and the oaky stuff you get, and think about just the sort of the the dark ash that comes when you yeah. know when they char up the barrel, and yeah, then I can get where you're coming from. I found it. It's um, I've had this tea before. It's pura or purath. It's a, a tea. It's aged, so it's kind of kind of fermented, uh, dry. You know, the leaves are aged and whatnot, and it has a very earthy doesn't quite get into mushroomy but it's kind of peat moss and stuff like that and i think some of the black lemon might be carrying some similar flavors and that's kind of what i'm mm. getting out of this i haven't had that so i don't have anything uh to gauge that by um it's it's interesting uh, the closest spice i've had to it, it reminds me a little bit of sumac which is a uh um, Middle Eastern spice has a little bit of sour notes to it. Um, that's kind of the closest I can get to it. Overall, I, I think it's very and just enjoyable for the fact that it's, yeah, it's it's different, it's unique, yeah, and its flavor. It probably won't be my six pack of choice, but <laughs> it's, well, uh, don't worry, you won't be able to find it. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think that's the best bench mile mile marker I can give for people that have had mm-hmm. pure tea. You know, kind of think about that earthiness that you get from that. Uh, aside from that, I 
don't think I would have any really good descriptors at all. Nothing that just really hits home. So at this point, I say we double down and we go for the old-fashioned. <laughs> I think that sounds good. Ooh, an old-fashioned. An, an old-fashioned. This is from Mobcraft. They sent us uh, two of these old-fashions. We already had one, which was the bourbon barrel. Yeah, we didn't realize they were different. Yeah, until we talked to them at Saver. This one is... We had the whiskey barrel age. This is their brandy barrel age old-fashioned. And um, this is... Uh, to describe it, it's like a beer cocktail. Okay. So, think more cocktail when you're drinking this than, than normal. Ingredients, star anise, cardamom, juniper, cherries, oranges, acidulated malt, pale malt, wheat malt, 30 IBUs, 5% alcohol by volume, summit hops, and again, aged in brandy barrels. So, this one pours with a uh, super clear, <laughs> very light head. It's a rich golden color. Oh, co- almost brown. of orange. Yeah, you get um, yeah, the orange. It smells so bright. Yeah. We've had this beer for a while, and it still smells so bright. Yeah, and it has a great like bitters type angle to it. You know, it smells like a it's bitters like, in your cocktail. I don't know. I, I, I can smell like a bit of like kind of like a kiwi lime kind of thing going on too. That's probably some of the some of the sort of anise and, and juniper in there. Okay. Yeah, so the beer type, they're calling, you know, the base is a Berliner Weiss. Yeah. So it probably has some tartness from a kettle sour or something Listen, like that. They use three acidulated malt in there, so they're definitely going mm-hmm. for a low pH. Right. Yeah, we really enjoyed the last one. And, uh, yeah, like we said, we didn't realize this one was different until we talked to him. Yeah, the, the aroma just brings so much. You really dive into Ooh. that lime, orange type flavor. You get a little bit of juniper, ginny type aromas on that. No, the juniper, is that what I could be mistaken as being kind of minty? Yeah, yeah probably. Okay, mm-hmm. because I was getting a little bit well, of there like was some cardamom f- too. Are you familiar with cardamom? No. So cardamom could come across more like um, clovey mint. Or, okay. Yeah, because uh, I'm getting a bit of like mintiness from mm-hmm. it. Yeah, cardamom is is one of those spices that it's uh, extraordinarily powerful, so you don't want to use a lot of it. But would you agree that it could it could lead to a mint type sensation? It absolutely yeah. can. It's it's more used as a savory note, but it can bring out some of those characters. The juniper, if you now that I'm like kind of used to the aroma, I can smell the juniper more strongly in the aroma and. It's the thing that, let's see, how can I describe? Almost like an aromatic wood or something like that. Okay. Um, try to figure out how to describe what to look for. Gin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need to smell some gin and you'll know right away. has a very tangy aftertaste. That's the lactic acid. Yeah. It just sits. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the as you're sipping it, it's like you're getting so many like fruit citrusy flavors, and then it just yeah, it doesn't really carry a lot of beer connotation with it. No, it, not at all. Um, it very much does taste like a cocktail, and that's sort of what the we things were... that are most beery about it is probably the mouthfeel. Yeah, 
mouthfeel and carbonation, the kind of carbonation. It doesn't feel like soda water, right? right? It has a, a, a smoother, more full carbonation. Mm-hmm. And then the mouthfeel is very beer-like. But aside from that, the flavor, you're not really getting anything malty here. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're getting things that just are mostly the... Um, mixers for the old-fashioned you're not getting anything particularly whiskey like in this one i i would think that it's been a long time but i seem to recall that like in the whiskey barrel one it seemed a little more whiskey like where this one is more there's something balancing the sweetness of the bitters you know and the fruits and everything but it's not really coming across brandy is is is, can be less harsh than whiskey so i would expect that to you Mm -hmm. know to, to follow through Still pretty good. It's, it's I think good. it's very good. I think it's I think it's really, really, really good. I love the kind of experimentation going mm-hmm. on with it, and I do love an old fashioned. A well made old fashioned is a great drink. So this one's it's super drinkable. It's uh, you know the citrus. It's in the tanginess. It's refreshing. It's a good summer drink for sure. Definitely a good summer drink. Mm. I can see myself drinking this on a beach. Two very interesting beers to start off mm-hmm. the night. Which I, um, you know, to go, we're going to go into more traditional stuff in a bit. But man, that's a <laughs> it's a unique sucker. I like it a lot. I really, I'm getting a lot of the cherry note. There's there's a lot of cherries in this, and it's coming through a lot in the flavor. It, it's it, the way it comes across though is not like cherries in beer though. No, it, it, yeah. It's like a, a squeeze of cherry mm-hmm. on your cocktail. It's kind of one of those maraschino cherries. It's not tart Michigan cherries, or yeah, you know, it's very much stuff, like a middled. Yeah, it's not like the stuff yeah. you normally get in uh, beer. Very interesting, Mobcraft. You know, we've aside from which one was it? The uh, Dundurio was kind of underwhelming, but other than that, they've all been pretty good. That beer was sent to us by Mark. The, the weird thing is I liked Dondorio, I think, more than I liked uh, the Ballast... The... Um, what was one from Ballast Point? The, oh, the Grunion from the last Grunion. week? The <laughs> Grunion. Uh, even though, I, I mean, I I appreciated the Grunion, but it was like I couldn't... Did you see John Rubio mentioned he, he got the chive and onion type flavors yeah, off of that as well? Yeah. I, I just couldn't dig into it because of the, because of the durian stuff. But it, if that doesn't... If that flavor doesn't... Uh, turn you off if you mm-hmm. don't have that kind of automatic reaction to it. That I, mm-hmm. I think you really enjoy it. So since we did fruity, let's stick with fruity and do this. Uh, okay. Fruity wood. You want to uh, give us a little bit more time, oh, Jeff? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll drink a little bit more of this then, since you guys are. Come taking on, man, your you time. don't down a cocktail. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta sit with it and enjoy and and discuss uh, and smoke a stogie events. and listen to some Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <clears throat> I just poured a little bit more my, fresh in my glass, and it brings back the kind of the lime flavor, you know, which kind of uh, I think kind of dissipated as I was drinking it. The lime really came back. It would turn me low. No one would. You always make it loud, and we jump into it. You were looking like you hit play, and it wasn't working. No, sorry. <laughs> There we I turned go. it up because I thought it wasn't working. So now you can turn it up. 
You know what this means. Hopefully we have you conditioned by now, Pavlovian style, to think, oh, when I hear this... As soon as it kicked on with the dun-dun, yeah. hit, they hit Control-T to open a new tab in their browser and started typing craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. That's the best way to support us. Guess what? It doesn't cost you anything extra. You're just not giving uh, some of your money to Jeff Bezos and Amazon and, and their horrible work conditions or whatever that news story was about. You're you're giving just you know a small percentage to us. That's it. You're buying it what you want. You're getting the same wonderful Amazon prices, and you're getting a little bit to us. It helps. This is just like running around a hot warehouse until we pass out. You know, it is hard work drinking all these beers and talking about them. Sometimes it can be. It can be. I don't want to. You know. I will compose something. For your radio show, something you said that like a year and a half yeah, ago. I know. Yeah, well, I so, know. Uh, I I will do it this semester. No, I promise. No, I'm not uh, <laughs> not holding my breath. I don't, I just, don't, I don't just, promise. Just, and the after show, give me some ideas. I'm actually going to write them down. I would love to have a um, uh, what was the um, blue moon? If we could do a doo wop. <laughs> I thought you wanted like a, a remake version of uh, Space Odyssey kind of thing. Well, that, yeah, I do want that. That's what I mean. I, we could totally do that. That's okay. gave me that idea. Then I was like, okay, that was a couple weeks ago. I'm like, oh, I can work with that. <laughs> I actually did compose something for it. But then when I showed it to him, he's like, no, that's not what I want." You didn't compose any. You didn't did. show me anything. You told me you. It, right. it's a wacky Oingo Boingo song. And I was like, that's... Well, then I planned on showing it. <laughs> and then he said, no, I want weird science. That's not what I said at all. <laughs> oh, your, your your memory is, is failing you at a young age. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys working through this old-fashioned thing? We're almost done. That's We're good. Re- that's really good. Yeah, that was, that was very enjoyable. Hmm. All right. So the next beer is from Hardywood Park Craft Brewery. This is Virginia Blackberry. You picked this up in Virginia? Mm-hmm. I did indeed. Picked this up at the uh, beverage exchange at the Navy. No taxes paid. They described this. <laughs> so, again, you didn't pick it up. Your friend, well, in the well the guy with the military ID, yeah. paid for it, and then I gave him cash in the parking lot. <laughs> Belgian style white ale brew with fresh Virginia blackberries. Six point eight percent alcohol by volume. Twelve IBUs. It's won an award, the twenty fourteen Virginia Craft Brewers Cup in the fruit beer category. Color is. Didn't mention the color last time. Oh, I did. Don't worry about it. It's cloudy. It is uh, about twelve or so on SRM scale. It's kind of a has a pinkish tint to it, actually. Yeah, it's it does. Kind. It, it's mostly like copper bronze, but there's like a pinkish tint. Can you pass me the water, please. Absolutely. Thank you. Of course, with a uh, moderately small head, kind of falls down quickly. It has a very, like, I can't describe the scent, but almost like a wine kind of like scent. It does. It has, uh, the it's fruity, you know, it's probably the blackberries, but it kind of comes across kind of like a red grape or something like that. It comes across um, like a sweet red wine. 
I, I was thinking maybe more along the lines of kind of like a, a Cabernet Savron kind of smell. Yeah, maybe a sweet one. Yeah. Um, you know, my favorite wines are Cab, you know, Cabernet Savions that are really dry, right? And you know, this isn't that room. But if you've, I don't this even know if they're dry. I don't know enough about them. To know if there can be sweet versions of those, maybe I'm probably. But I mean, I'm smelling, wine. I'm smelling like a, a sweet wine. Well, I mean, the pretty wine. Usually, lots of berries. Well, it is blackberry, right? But you yeah. know, it, it it smells like a wine that has a lot of berry flavors to it. And the Cabernet Cabr- Sauvignon we can't is name a, which wine <laughs> is a type of grape, right? So generally, they come across it in a particular way. Mm-hmm. Um, although they. The, Sometimes they can be blended. I think you can get sort of sweeter calves, but as as an agricultural product, sometimes it varies in certain years. I would say, I would say, if I'm going wine, then I'm almost going sangria. I, I'm getting a lot of okay. I mean, it is really sweetness. They they do say on the label. I'm not sure. I don't remember you saying this, Craig. You might have that it's a wit beer or a Belgian yeah. style white ale. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say anything about spicing, like orange or coriander, but it does say it's a Belgian-style white ale. It's part of their reserve series. That's awful quiet for three people. Well, I'm I'm trying to figure out, like, (laughs) you decided to pick a bunch of very unique beers for me tonight coming here and so i'm having trouble placing my thoughts but this is actually it's a little more subtle than i actually expected tasting it i was expecting a very very sweet drink and i was actually honestly thinking i wasn't gonna like it because when when they get a little too sweet sometimes it pushes me away and then i i sipped it and i got like a nice rush of bear um like berry flavoring that wasn't overpowering and then I'm getting a little bit of a sense of like a wheat, grassy kind of yep. taste mm-hmm. to it, and it's very, it, it's a lot more enjoyable than what I was actually expecting from smelling it. No, I agree with you. I, I'll expand on that a little bit. Where the the berry flavors they taste very fresh, very real. Mm-hmm. They're subtle. They don't taste medicinal or you know extracty at all, which is great. And then. It does taste like it's spiced with a small amount of coriander and orange peel. And it actually works well with these other flavors. So you get kind of that lemongrass, weedy type flavor. You get a little bit of that lemon peel or orange peel. I'm sorry, orange peel. And it really plays well with the blackberries that are kind of rolling over at the same time. Mm -hmm. Lemongrass is, to me, is exactly what I think of while drinking this. I mean, the lemongrass with that nice, like, berry hint to it. Mm Mm-hmm. It has a very smooth flavor to it and very easily easily um easily drinkable. It starts out sweet sweeter and kind of the the berries are kind of mellowed with kind of a honey type flavor. I'm getting a lot of floral type aromas. Yeah. That are coming off my tongue. And then it kind of dries out and you get this nice dry, not cloying beer at the end. I really am enjoying this. So two ingredients of note here on the back. They do mention their massive addition over 1,000 pounds per 40 arrow batch of blackberries. But the other thing that I'm noticing here, which I wouldn't have picked out, but uh, if you look for it, I think you might find it. Especially you, Jeff, because you sort of know what to look for here. A touch of rye. Hmm. 
Okay. Oh. A touch of rye. So I think some of that spiciness may be coming from rye. That's not uh, typical to put into a, a Belgian wheat. As soon as you tell me that and I take a sip, I can taste the rye all over it. I'm not saying it's potent, but I'm tasting like probably like three different mm-hmm. inflection points where I'm like, oh, there's a rye note there. You know, like, kind of drank it like, bang, 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 rye, rye, yeah. rye. Which, yeah, if you didn't tell me, I would have glossed right over those. Yeah. So. It's another thing we, we, it's, we've brought up on the show a lot is when we do, when we do find those signposts, we can figure out where we are. When we have an idea, there's rye in here. It's, we, it's a subtle yeah. harmonizing use of rye. Mm-hmm. It's not the main yeah. thing. It, it kind of goes in there, and yeah, I mean, most of the time, almost all the time, it's going to go unnoticed. It would have gone unnoticed until you told me that. But, you know, as soon as you told me that, I was able to pick out those rye flavors. And it's really neat to see how they're integrated into this mm-hmm. beer. Mentioned it before. I keep mentioning it because I think it, it, it is worth pointing out. As Nick said, the berries are not overpowering. As you said, they're not medicinal. Uh, we've talked about this in the past. Brewers are much better than when we started at using fruits. They know how to make fruits work in beer. It's not just throw a bunch of fruit in there and hope for the best. It's There's that. There's probably they have a little more leeway with using fresh fruit and not getting true uh, condensed things or extract things, things like that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's I, I drank the rest of that uh, Andy Gator, that Straw Gator stuff. This week, mm-hmm. oh, it was a mistake. Really, the ar- artificial strawberry just lingered with me for like hours. Wow, <laughs> it was no good. I should have I should have poured it out, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't so bad when I was drinking it. But it was the linger. Mm. It was this artificial strawberry linger, and it lingered and lingered and lingered. It was so bad. This is highly, very, very enjoyable. Yeah, I like it a lot. I I think that what's interesting is the blackberries become more and more noticeable as you drink it. But they don't become like overpowering. It's just they start to rise a little bit in volume. So you start to, it's like you're listening to a concert and you start to be Mm -hmm. able to sort of pick out the piccolo section a little bit more. Uh, I'm super excited that I, you know, I saw this beer on the shelves and there's a huge blackberry on the front. I'm like, should I get this or not? Because I don't want these yeah. gimmicky, fruity, or girly beers, you know? And girly beers. I use, I use air quotes for girly because I don't really mean it, but it's... <laughs> Greg's looking at me like, you're full of crap. You do mean it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you said it. I didn't. I know. <laughs> you know, it, this stereotypical girly beers, you know, because, you know, like Greg said, we're so used to over the last... 10 years especially the early part of of craft beer radio fruit beers were a minefield where they were almost always were not implemented correctly and i'm super excited that i grabbed this beer and it turned out to be very good Mm -hmm. and we're enjoying it thoroughly and um yeah the berries are excellently implemented in this beer i I would say that knowing what the rye note ends a little mystery as to how they got it so well balanced i think that the rye spiciness is Really helping pull, Counteract. yeah. It it it, dry, it pulls down. It probably the, counteracts the. It pulls the down the wheat, wheat beer, mm-hmm. lemony part, mm-hmm. so it's not too sweet. 
in doesn't amplify the berry yeah. right it gives it that more spiciness and yeah I, I think it's key to the balance on this beer So that so there's the question for you. If you were just, if it was just a mystery as to how they balance this beer well, would it be more wondrous than them that you know? It's like, is is the magic trick better when you know it or when you don't know it? If you don't know I, I, how a rainbow works, is is it more beautiful to you than if you do know how a rainbow works? I know how a rainbow works, but it's just as beautiful. I, I, this is you're definitely pulling us into post show stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm, I, I think the question is loaded because it is a loaded question. Well, it's loaded point. because there are certain things like um, there are certain things where I want magic, mm-hmm. and there are certain things that what are more wants? enjoyable without magic. And we've had this conversation about the rainbow. You know, I, I, it's oh my god, post show. All right. But you know, for <laughs> me, I want to know rise in the beer so I can understand it better, mm-hmm. and not carpeting all of magic but you know it's kind of fun not knowing and trying to figure it out right you know if you tell me the the how the trick's going to happen before i see it for the first time that's no good sure yeah but it's nice knowing after you've seen the trick well sure but i mean you don't want to know before you see it the first time. yeah exactly i totally agree with that all right so anyways it's great beer yeah i agree the best magic presentations are when they Show you a trick and then they show you how to do it. That's what's cool. All right, on to the next beer. This is from Voodoo Brewery. Ooh, I like Voodoo. Pick this up at Giant Eagle. This is their Hoodoo from Voodoo. Mm. I've had this before. It's really good. It is an IPA, 7.3% by volume. Seven different hop varieties, starting with the letter C. So Columbus, Cascade, Centennial, uh, Chinook. What else would be in there? Did you say Cascade? Yeah. Uh, Columbus. Um, Columbus, Cascade, Centennial, Chinook. Uh, the CTZ can as its own hop? I don't know. <laughs> no, that's Columbus. Yeah. Uh, uh, everyone's yelling out their favorite sea hop right now. Yeah. I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Um, there was a story about a beer that used 77 hops. It's from Lone Rider, Lone Rider Brewery in North Carolina. They were able to source uh, seven eighty-four hops. They were able to source some in just a few ounces, some yeah. you know huge amounts, and they they did kind of uh, every ten-minute hopping for like seventy or eighty minutes, I think, and they kind of grouped like flavors together so they could manage the whole thing, and then they dry hopped it. But it was it's called the Magnificent Seventy Seven, right? The Lone Rider, right? The so cowboy thing, so the Magnificent Seven. So that's that's why they only use seventy seven of the eighty four hops they were able to source. Uh, they uh, are, I guess, they're considering brewing it again with a Guinness representative there, so they can get in the Book of World Records for the most hops in a, <laughs> most different varieties of hops in a single beer. Uh, I would like to taste it. Just so I could know that using seventy-seven different hops was a waste of, yeah, of seventy hops. Um. <laughs> in terms of the malts, uh, they actually have it on the uh, barrel or on the bottle as opposed to on their website. Their website doesn't really have much information, but it says two-row caramel acidulated, so it's going to be just maybe a little bit of uh, tartness here, carapils, uh, 
7.3% knocked by volume, as I said. 85 plus IBUs, so 60. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much the human threshold is around 60. So anytime they go above that, it's like, eh. um, yeah. All it's the like information SPF is on 50. No, um, I've I've already had this beer before, so uh, we break it down. But uh, I actually just gigged at their brewery. Oh, really? Yeah. One in Homestead? Mm-hmm. It's really cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great place. Uh, really happening, real hip. And yeah, I just gigged there not that long ago, about a month ago, and it was a great time because I got free beer. So I basically tr- drank everything they had there <laughs> <laughs> while I was getting paid. It was that's uh, that's why I love my job. But uh, the, the aroma I'm getting from this one is extremely, like, a hoppy um, and a bit of pine. And I'm going to say a little bit of, like, a honey kind I of fla- uh, aroma from it. I definitely agree with you the honey. I was getting more pineapple than pine. Okay. But I, I know where you're coming from. I'm getting yeah. something a little yeah. more foresty, a little more piney than pineapple. So Yeah, gonna, I was getting I'm more side, lines of, like, side, a foresty. A little bit closer to Nick. There's some, yeah. some kind of, like, grapefruit rind like pithiness yeah, so i would well. say but i definitely get like a honey kind of aroma from it it is it is interesting so i would say pine probably chinook maybe a little bit of centennial uh grapefruit some one of the seeds we forgot was citra Cit- it's, oh it's, citra it's not yeah. hugely apparent in the aroma yeah. uh cascade grapefruit cascade centennial also um i would say i'm smelling mostly centennial such as chinook Maybe some Columbus. Right. I'm not smelling a ton of Cascades. I'm not smelling a Citra. So that's five, so we're missing one. The other C hop. Chinook, Cascade, Centennial, Citra. Chinook, Cascade, Centennial, Citra. Columbus. Columbus. Yeah. It's five, yeah. And there's Charlie. seven. Charlie. <laughs> Charlie and <laughs> no, Charlie Sheen, the Charlie Sheen hop. <laughs> oh, um, I went into drinking. That's the it. Tiger Blood hop. I went, I went into drinking it, and um, when I'm drinking it, I get obviously the hops from it, but I'm getting a little bit of like a rind peel, um, a little bit of like a, it has a nice bite to it. Um, I'm still getting the flavor now mm-hmm. of honey along with just a tinge of vanilla in the background. Okay. Interesting. The citra is apparent in the flavor. You're getting this bright. I was going to say orange. lots of citra. Yeah, bright, that's where orange. like the rind, like yeah. that nice like so peel citra is from citra from is typically not the peel. It's, it, I mean, maybe like a oh, really, really juicy um, orange, like a, a mandarin orange type peel. But okay. think of more those little oranges that come in the cans. Uh, those mandarin or no, no uh, i know what you're mango? talking about though no no no, no. Yeah. i don't know why, why. <laughs> the, the, you said the, mandarin the oranges that come on salads the oranges come on salads yeah okay it starts with the nam i know what, i know what you're talking those about those really sweet oranges that's that's a big part of citra until, okay until you use it like a way a lot so i'm getting a big part of that in the flavor we're gonna have to take another sip here i'm gonna have to look for your vanilla and your honey i i think that just kind of the juicy hops and and some of the malt flavors are kind of what you're calling honey. I'm not tasting anything particularly like flowery about it. Honey typically for me carries some kind of like a blossom or floral or field type see, character. See, I don't, I don't know. I'm getting a little bit. Maybe I'm mixing up what the flower scent that I'm getting from it. 
but I'm I'm getting a sense of floralness. It, it, mm-hmm. it I even said it was a tinge though. It's like a, the very little bit, but in the background, I'm getting like an aftertaste okay. of floral with it. And uh, I mean, actually, you know, the sip I just took, I can, I can kind of see something that's a little bit blossomy or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, um yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't quite call it honey, but there's something a little bit petally or, or blossomy about mm-hmm. it. Um. I, I'm kind of in the middle of, of both of you. I think that there's there's a honey quality to it in terms of the depth of it, but it is more petal like, more potpourri like in terms of the flavor. So it's a little bit more flowery, but with more depth that, that I associate with honey. Okay, this yeah. is the hoodoo w- from Voodoo Brewery. Brewery. Yeah. They're in Meadville, Pennsylvania. They have a a, a tap room in uh, Homestead, Pennsylvania. They opened up, which is closer to all of us. Yeah, it's great place. I mean, I love it. You can bring your dog there and stuff like that. It's a great hangout. <laughs> they opened. It was an old firehouse, yep. and then they turned into. He a brewery. bought it for you know like a dollar type thing, and yeah. you know it, it's going to be an anchor for revitalizing homes. You know that yeah. part. Oh, that, it was that great. upper part of Homestead, it, away from the waterfront. And I, w- I was honored in being able to perform there as one of the first uh, musical acts there. Cool. So it was it was a great time, and I re- I really enjoyed where, it. Where were you? Where was the stage set up? Uh, well, it was floor staging, so well, I mean, sure, sure. But wh- I mean, where did they? Um, where did they? If you? you're looking into the building with the double mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. gates, right. um, it's off to the left, so the bar is way to the right. Okay, so like in the corner, in like the corner, behind the, by the bathrooms, behind the bathrooms. Okay, yeah, right next to the bathrooms. That's where it was set up, and then it just wasn't anything special. I mean, it was floor staging, but it was just it was a great time and really yeah. cool vibe. I was wondering; it almost seemed like it would you'd fit better like like at the one garage, like at the garage door. Yeah, um, I think they considered doing that, but uh, they wanted to keep that open for just like people coming in and out because you can just walk in and out the entire time for the most part, and people just duck underneath those little. Oh, ropes really? When I was time I was there, they had like ropes up, and you post had show yeah, conversation, go guys. Post show conversation. Sorry. Let's talk sorry. about the beer. Yeah, sorry. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> we were at least talking about the beer brewery. So, it was... well, the tap house. Brewery. Yeah, the tap house brewery. There's a lot of rindy notes to this that I'm getting too. I think, but the citrus is the big one. When you say rind, yeah, like early in the taste, watermelon rind. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think yeah. There's um. So there's things that are different than just like, um, you know, grapefruit mm -hmm. peel and grapefruit pith. You know, there's like a a pretty decent watermelon rind flavor early on. It actually carries through for a lot of the flavor for me. Hmm. The color, by the way, is I'm gonna say about a six or so SRMs. It's a golden color. It's it's a it's a nice IPA. I think it's a, I, I I would I would have liked a little bit more tropical notes. Who wouldn't like more tropical notes? <laughs> I'm just saying that's delicious. Everyone, yeah. well, I wouldn't say everyone, but I love mm-hmm. tropical IPAs. I said this before. I love tropical IPAs. I said that before, where it's <laughs> you know, you know, there's been times where I'm like, oh, I'm over the IPA craze, but you know, another these, grapefruit in my beer. I love tropical. He's, he's prop- no, grapefruit's not tropical. Passion fruit, I, mango. All right, <laughs> whatever. We were just—you guys just mentioned grapefruit five minutes ago. It's the only thing on my mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, those are wonderful. 
Okay, so on to our biggest beer of the night, Sierra Nevada Barrel Age Barley Wine. Now, this came... It's not from the brewery. Okay. Uh, I picked it up somewhere. I'm almost positive. I'm term- I don't know where I got it from, but... Paid real money for it. <laughs> real money for this one. Okay, so this is... Any from- barley, mon- barley wine is expensive. You'd be surprised. This is well. This one was expensive, yeah. but so this is a barrel aged version. Uh, it's aged in as a whiskey barrels, I believe. Nine point six percent by volume on this. They only have the standard on on their website, so I'm just drinking, reading from that. Nine point six percent by volume on on the standard ninety ib ninety ibus. So again, you know, sixty plus. Um, they use an alley yeast. They use Chinook for their bittering. They finish with Cascade, Centennial, and Chinook. Uh, two row pale and caramel for the malts. And let's see if there's anything interesting on the back here. Oak Kentucky bourbon casks for nearly a year. Uh, and they're out of, of course, Chico, California. This is their 2015 expedition. So it was put out January, February. That's where I got it. The uh... <laughs> what are you talking? <laughs> I don't know what he said. Not only did he say I, something I, that I, that the audience couldn't hear, he said something that we couldn't even hear. <laughs> I wasn't really. I was mouthing it. I, I think I've had this. I can't remember. Okay, you this... probably had Bigfoot. I'd be surprised yeah. if you. Yeah, had barrel I'm aged pretty Bigfoot. sure I've had this. Okay, but this is barrel aged Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, this this is also 11.9 percent by volume. So they have picked up some of the whiskey in there. Well, the the 11.9 percent. I mean, you get that with a lot of barley wines. The high yeah. alcohol yeah. content. Which we we actually talked about a week ago about the high alcohol content and how actually I mean this one uh, in particular I smell the alcohol when mm-hmm. I sip it that was my first thing I mean I pulled the glass away like yeah, I like I like a boozy bar- barley wine though nice yeah. oh, see, I, I, this one. I, I, save yeah. this one to make a to make I, a, I, uh, I mean Greg knows I, I love barley wines yeah. I, I I wanted to make sure we got one, but I only wanted one because I know because the last time I, the first time I was here, I think it was a barley wine show, and we were a little <laughs> when we left. Yeah, yeah. No more barley wine shows. What you guys suck. Yeah, yeah. The guy who gets to stay here. Yeah, the guy doesn't walk sick. up two flights of stairs. The guy doesn't have to drive down to the city. <laughs> you guys should move to Cranberry, and then we can have barley wine shows. Oh, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> it's boozy on the aroma. Yeah, it's and, very boozy. And, I, and actually, aroma. I'm having a hard time like getting past that to smell much of the other stuff. It's 2015 Bigfoot, so I still expect a bunch of hop aroma on the hop flavor on this one. It's kind of got a ruby color. I'm going to call it around 24 on the SRM, but that's just a kind of. Let's see if you agree. So I um thirty. Thirty. All right. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna look online and see if I can order the SRM yeah. kit. Yeah, it would be cool. So into comparing the color to this non calibrated right. jet printout that you have. You know, so I'm gonna look and see if I can find the SRM kit where you actually have the test tube and the little colored plastic thing. I would love that. I would go nuts <clears throat> for that. That's the kind of stuff that I would totally love. Um I went ahead and drank it. 
How dare you? <laughs> it has. Um, to me, I'm getting the very malty taste from it. A nice, like, a strong caramel taste. And you, you can definitely taste, um, like... Oh, you should give him the cheat to look at the wood barrel. Uh, cues. Yeah, there's, there's, cues there's, there's lots of little things you can pick out there. We've actually used that You before. guys have been cheating all along. No, no. no. We, we, <laughs> uh, and no, I'm here with no, my you, blank sheet of paper. No, you were saying good things. I'm sorry for interrupting you, but I wish I would have given you that cue sheet you know, early in the show. A couple weeks ago, we had a show with Julia Hertz from uh, craftbeer.com uh, from, from the Brew Association. She uh, was talking about these sheets, and mm-hmm. uh, so we printed some out, and we did some beers with them. And they, it does have a lot of interesting descriptors, some that we hadn't used, some that we had used before. So it's a nice way of sort of like Giving you a, a a a cheat sheet of vocabulary, like you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I especially like it for the SRM scale. So yeah, uh, for sure. Um, but like I was saying, uh, it it has a very malty taste. I'm getting a a bit of caramel from it. Um, I can definitely taste like the wood barrel agedness. It kind of has like a smoky flavor to it. Uh, the alcohol, it has a bit of a dry taste in my mouth as I'm. Uh, sipping at it, it's definitely drying out my mouth. This isn't the type of beer that I would definitely pound down for the one mile <laughs> yeah, beer sure. no. quarter thing for sure. Um, it has a very. This is definitely something that I would savor. Uh, the flavor, though, to me is it, it, it's ex- extremely inviting. I re- I really enjoy the flavor of it. I mean, it, to me, I'm just getting a lot of like a nice chocolatey, like kind of malty <laughs> flavor to it with that coffee roast. Yeah. I'm psyched that it's this year's vintage of Bigfoot. Not too hoppy. Yeah. At the barrel. Definitely helped knock the hops down. Yeah. I'm Big, not getting any You that. get regular Bigfoot and the current year is very hot. Well, right, this has been aged for a year already. So sure. that's probably it was released in 2015 is right. 2014 Bigfoot. That's a big part of it. I think the, micro-oxygenation and all that stuff that happens in the barrel knocks down the hops. We have done several verticals of Bigfoot. We find about three years the hops fade enough to be a good English, English-ish style barley wine yeah. that you know both Greg and I prefer over the really hoppy barley wines. The really hoppy barley wines just seem like a quadruple IPA. I, I would completely agree with that. I'm, I'm more and, for the more subtle. And you were talking about the, the caramel I'm going to go a little bit further. This is kind of a, a mix of a bread pudding and rum cake mm, kind of put okay. together. Not too rummy, but there's a note of rumminess in there. And I can get that. And and bread pudding. And uh, you mentioned some chocolate. There's some notes of that. It, it's interesting because on the aroma, it's really oaky. It's almost overwhelmingly oaky on the aroma. Mm-hmm. It doesn't follow through in the flavor as much. Yeah, I, I mean, I, to me, when I was when I was uh, sniffing it and getting the aroma of it, I couldn't get past the alcohol. Yeah, I mean, there was just it was so boozy, and I'm just sniffing it like, whoo! I, I I felt like I was smelling golden drock. So like I, I couldn't I couldn't get past it. I think the whiskey here is well used. It's uh, it's noticeable, but it's not. Uh, it's not a star player. It's a tertiary player. It's there on. It's it's there in the background, but it's not highlighted. And I appreciate that because I'm not a, the biggest whiskey fan, but I can appreciate what whiskey brings when it's. I'm working. getting a lot of the, the vanillins yeah. and, and kind of a little bit of sappiness. And after I take more sips, I'm kind of laying on my tongue a little bit more. So I think the barrels imparting a little bit more 
um, hefty character okay. than what you just mentioned as I drink it. Uh, first sip, yeah, I would agree with you, but I think it's kind I haven't of had too many sips yet. So I, I, good, yeah. I can agree with the aftertaste of it turning into a sappy, kind of like almost mm-hmm. like piney, bittery kind of taste. Yeah. It has a nice, but it's not, it's not a bad aftertaste. It has a very enjoyable, but it, um, it definitely more along the lines of the bitter end. I'm starting to see what you're saying as I'm, you know, as I'm taking more sips. It does get that oaky resin mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that lays down. And so it does feel a little like you're chewing on a twig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's starting to build on me like yeah. more and more as I take more sips. And uh, yeah, I think it's still good. Hopefully it doesn't, that, the, that sappy resin doesn't become overpowering because yeah. really that's the thing that's kind of pulling at me right now. It's like, oh. Well, we have a way to get that sappy resin off of your tongue. We do. <laughs> Gotta get these glasses emptied first, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that is a it's a hefty beer. It it, it takes a lot. Um, it it's not a it's not a drinkable beer, right? I mean, it's no, that's a, it's yeah, not, it's, it's definitely a, well, it's, it's something. Of, it's it's yeah. like the it's it's like the voodoo. I mean, it's something. Or yeah. was it the voodoo that I had mentioned as a sipper? I can't quite remember. Calling it not drinkable is it, almost like calling it like not a wine right it's not yeah, supposed no, it's to be drinkable it's supposed to be savorable it's a barrel yeah, it's aged a price point on this bottle is close to 20 bucks you know it, it's <laughs> not drinkable beer it's it's a special beer it's something you're supposed to you crack know. open at a nice wedding i, I, I think i mean there's a lot of ways you can crack it open but it's not made to be a long drinkable beer. i'm going to disagree with your assertion here because i do think that people understand what i mean when i say drinkable or not drinkable in terms of it's just is it easy to to, to down quickly okay. and just have a but you know have a well, sure. bunch of sips okay. or I, is it yeah i agree with you I you would, can have an awesome 12 percent barley wine that just goes down so easy right mm-hmm. and okay so i agree it's not that yeah and is, could it be that yes it could be that you know but you know I agree with you. I, I don't want to. I don't want to say but and then change yeah. story. I agree with you. It's it's less drinkable than a twelve percent barley wine could be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely something I'm not pulling out at the cookout. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, that's this, the but. this is not but, what I'm pulling out but, of the but cookout. That's, that that to... goes into the butt, right? Because that's yeah, not that where you, that's not where a barley wine is, right? I mean, if we're yeah, only oh, in the realm of barley not. wine. It's less drinkable than other barley wines. Yes, right. A good English barley wine with lots of melanoidins and oh, you know, it's like it's a it's it's so uh, quaffable. I mean, I, I but when you say to be a a good barley wine, I think this is a very I good think, barley wine. I think it's wine. good. I think th- there's certain things that are pulling me out of the excellent range. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, I agree. We've I, had a lot of barley wines. We've had better. <laughs> I, I don't know. I find I I, I really enjoy it. I, that's I, great I, I mean, that I, sappy resin you know the sappy resin like if it was perfectly well balanced it would give you the oak and the vanilla and the vanillin and the caramel but it wouldn't give you the sappy resin yeah. so the sappy resin is a little too much time in the oak or not blended out well enough one or the other okay i can i can see what you're saying uh it's it's definitely it's not my favorite of the night so far but uh it's definitely oh, one of the better choices for me We're going to do this one now? We are. So let's take vanillin in a whole new direction. Capsaicin is a version 
is is a sort of mutation of vanillin that uh, plants had developed for protection from other things. Um, and this is a beer that we just recently had, but we really wanted Nick to experience it. This is the habanero sculpin. So, limerence. <laughs> Came out Can of you, water. Oh, yeah. well, Which one do you want first? Thank you. That was a nice sound. <laughs> I, expect, I did not expect the mic to pick that up as much. <laughs> Thank you. So one of the reasons why, if you have like an ice cream and habanero, and vanilla goes really well with capsaicin because capsaicin is a vanilloid. It's, a base, it's based on the same molecule. So we're going to take that and extend it and see mm-hmm. if that works here with the habanero sculpin. Now, I, I am extremely excited for this beer because, I, I mean, I love my excuse me spicy peppers and habanero. You've heard stories of habanero yeah. peppers and myself in a in a homegrown garden, and they are not the best. Yeah. Okay. Smell, smell. <laughs> oh, it is. So, it I has. mean, people listening who paid attention to the show like three weeks ago, you know, we're not, so we're not going to review. Greg and I aren't going to really yeah, review this beer it. all that much, but I, I just really, you know, I think they might enjoy the experience of Nick tasting a. <laughs> A beer like this because I don't want to spoil too much. So, so Nick, you can lead this one. <laughs> I You're feel on. honored. You're on. All right. Um, so, what do you smell? So, the first thing I'm smelling is is obviously the the strong sense of spices that are being used into it. I can't name them like you guys can, um, but I'm definitely getting that along with some uh, strong hops. Uh, something something that's it's, it's very bitter smell, but I just can't name exactly what it is. But it's giving me like a bitter okay. sense to uh, yeah. scent to it. I I want to help you, but I don't want to step on you. So why don't you take a sip? Yeah, and go from there. Then I'll talk about what I want to add to your your uh, notes so far. Holy shit. <laughs> we don't say that on the main show. Yeah, we can use the S word. Oh man. It's a, it's a big boy spicy beer, ain't it? Ah, uh, that that is completely not what I expected. I mean, seeing the name habanero obviously on it, I expect a bit of a bite to it, but I I wasn't expecting that. Um it, it is it is spicy and it has that spicy aftertaste to it. Um so in the aroma, the one thing I was noticing the most was kind of like very. Powdery. It came across as like roasted habanero skins. Ex- yes, mm-hmm. it it has it, it has an extreme habanero flavor. I feel like that I should be hearing the sizzle of a skillet coming towards yeah. me with well, my carne that, asada. That's it. You know, the smell for me is like roasted or toasted skins. It, completely, know. all that it, that is, and I mean it. Whew, this is. Enjoyable, I know, right? It is so good. I mean, for someone who who loves spicy food, who wishes was Mexican, so I can enjoy it even more. <laughs> that was extremely. We, so we did the show. We did this but, beer on the show a couple weeks ago, and we got some feedback on Twitter 
and it was it was kind of split, right? Where yeah. like oh, half man. the people loved it, and half the people thought it was way too hot. Ah, they're sissies. No, they're sissies. They're great people. They're great people. They're You're sissies. all great people. Um, there's there's a song called Sissy Strut. You should check it out. But anyways, um, no, this is, is is extremely enjoyable. For once again, it is someone who enjoys spices. Yeah. Right. Um, my girlfriend, for instance, would hate this beer. Completely yeah, yeah. hate if, it. If you're not into spicy things at all, you're gonna hate this. But someone who lives off of putting jalapenos and hot sauce on all their food, <laughs> I love this food. I yeah. mean, I love this beer. It is fantastic. I talked about this uh, when we did the show, but I love the habanero because it has an amazing kind of fruity flavor to it. But it's almost it, it it's it's almost tragic because the habanero pepper is so spicy that it it can ruin it. And this is, I think, a perfect use of it. It's still spice. The spice is still there, but it's not. They almost had to spicy. roast it or cook yeah. it to, they, they to develop the flavor before they put in the beer. Because like just chopping raw habaneros, yeah, you can't imagine getting that fla- this flavor. I'm not flavor. Sure. Yeah, I'm no, I, I honestly don't think they put raw into this because they might have. It's, it's, they, it's they might have. You know, but... it'd be difficult to roast, but it, it tastes like they're roasted to me. Yeah, it, it, I'm not getting the flavor. I mean, I've eaten habaneros straight from a garden. I plucked them and ate them, and that was the worst choice of my life. Yeah, I cried for idea. I've cried for probably an hour trying to just like drinking milk and eating bread the entire hour, <laughs> and that was a terrible decision. And this is what habaneros. I mean, when I use habaneros, because I use habaneros all the time. Right. I mean, it, it's exactly how it is. You don't you put in the seeds, you chop up the actual pepper, and then you splice it in subtly yeah and, and you, this and you one cook it you cook, you cook off some on, of that yeah you, you know, cook it off yeah. and you get rid of some of that spices i mean unless the spices come from the seeds mm-hmm. i mean even if they would were to use it raw if they did use it raw i would assume that they at least like cut it apart yeah before they stuck it in there because this the spiciness to me it sits in the back of the throat more than anything mm-hmm but it has like a nice this is an aftertaste i would prefer to have all night yeah, I mean so, this. This to me, I would love to right now have like a nice medium well steak, a little bit of garlic salt, eat that, <laughs> and then drink this beer. Yeah, for me, it's oh. for me, it's chorizo tacos. I want some chorizo tacos with this. And, See, I don't even. I don't even think tacos at all. I think of a nice like medium well steak, or even go medium. I so, mean, are we gonna you, rank this beer, or just rank the other ones? Uh. Well, um, I would say we've already. Yeah, you already ranked this beer, so don't ranked, worry about well, ranking. I mean, it. we can. We the ranks are show based, not not uh, overall based. We don't rank beers. We don't have a like. This is the best beer ever. We just rank beers based on the show. Yeah. So I would say we ranked the we ranked the beer ranked in the show too. Okay. To, All right. So I'm going to start and from the bottom. I'm going to stick the Urban Family Brewing Company at the bottom. Uh, it, it was an interesting beer. It didn't really have anything that was like exciting about it, you know. And the only thing that made it not confounding to me was was realizing that it had some of those earthy notes from like a pure tea, like a fermented tea, an aged tea. And then in, uh, I guess that would be fifth place. I am going to put the voodoo, the hoodoo. Again, this kind of like hard luck at the that bottom list because the rest, this beer and upper, I enjoyed all of them. The hoodoo, I uh, 
I enjoyed, but I enjoyed the other beers better. I'm going to put the Sierra Nevada Bigfoot Barley Wine barrel-aged in fourth place. It's tough call because that, that sappiness was really dragged down, but I liked a lot of the other flavors so much. I mm. liked how it wasn't too hoppy. <coughs> I liked the bread pudding rum cake. I, I liked a lot of it, but as we drank, it got sappy. It almost dropped below the hoodoo, but they're real close. Then I am going to put the Hardywood Virginia Blackberry in third place. Really liked this beer. I thought that the fruit was really well done. The wit beer played a great role. And then when Greg pointed out there was rye in it, it made so much sense. Mm-hmm. And it really was a well-integrated beer. Now, it's really tough. Do I like the great use of peppers from the Habanero Sculpin? Or do I like the crazy cocktail flavors coming out of the Mopcraft? I think I'm going to put... That's so hard. It is really hard. It's a tough choice. (sighs) Given the choice, like, which one would I order a second of? I'm going to order a second Sculpin. So I'm going to put the Mobcraft in second place. Uh, delicious. It's amazing the flavors. They make beer taste like a cocktail. They make it taste like an old-fashioned. It's delicious. Uh, but, you know, this Habanero Sculpin is a special beer. Yeah. I've had it several times. It's the perfect blend for me for spicy. It, it, it lingers with you. It gives you that roasted pepper skin flavor. It's not all heat. It doesn't make your ears ring. It... Tastes like peppers, and then the the hoppy, malty IPA that's behind it just complements it so well. The Habanero Sculpin is just a special beer. My picks are slightly different. I actually put the Bigfoot last place. I kind of felt like it... um, was got yeah overwhelming kind of way too twiggy at the end and wasn't uh, as enjoying it so much it really actually i think uh part of the reason why the ballast point is going to be number one for me also is because it did such a great job of taking that away um uh but it's also an amazing beer my number excuse me my number five beer is going to be the urban family um Kind of a confounding one, a little bit hard to get a handle on, and that's part of the reason why it was it, it's low. It's not that it's not good; uh, it's very interesting. It's just it, it was. It's hard to, to find uh, the right the right way to enjoy it. I guess. Uh, so I was. I hear you. Yeah, I was like, "There's, there's something. There's, there's interesting stuff happening here, but I don't know if if it if it came together fully." Uh, number four, the Voodoo. I like the Hoodoo a lot, but I think that I would have appreciated a bit more, um, a bit more hoppiness towards the towards the tropical end, and a bit less overwhelming kind of citrus stuff. That's just sort of a personal opinion. Mobcraft number three. I really enjoy the Mobcraft a lot. I I. Love the way they turn this beer into a cocktail into something totally different. I think this is uh, I, I you know I can't say if it's as good as the one we had before, but to me it's it it's as wonderful 
a an experience mm-hmm. to have something right. like that right. as we'd had before. Uh, number two, though, the the hardwood. I I really really enjoyed that, especially the way those blackberries came and kept building without getting overpowering, and then that use of ride to 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 just minimize it enough so it doesn't overpower. But this ballast point is fantastic. It is just an absolutely fantastic beer. One of the things that I really love about it is I've often see, heard people say, oh, IPAs go well with spicy foods. I tend to disagree. I mean, we actually got a package from from, uh, from Boston Beer. They're sending us a couple IPAs and uh, some some hot sauce to demonstrate that. I find that it kind of it tends to exacerbate issues that I have with spicy beers. I'm not a huge fan of incredibly spicy stuff. This is perfect. This marries the spice in just the right way to the beer. It's a little over spicy if you don't like spicy foods at all. But if you're if you can appreciate the sort of endorphin rush you get from the spicy foods and the lingering stuff that goes yeah, if on. If you can handle like a ten minute linger of spice, yeah. you should be able to handle this beer. Yeah. If you don't want your linger to be more than a minute or two, you're not gonna like this beer. Right, yeah. But it does leave sort of wonderful lingering, and the flavor is just on point delicious. I, this is a fantastic <laughs> beer. Oh, it's so good. Nick. Okay, so I, I, I've been sitting here with my paper trying You've been to working f- diligently over there. Yeah. I have been you, working you, diligently. You have taken the most notes of any guest you've ever had. <laughs> I want to be good. You've only had I, four I, guests I, on the show. I want to really guests. help. I really want to be good at this, and and I'm not. We appreciate it. I'm not good at this, but I, I'm trying. Um, at number six, and, and the first, I would like to say all these beers I I have really really enjoyed, and I think out of the I think this is my fourth time actually on the show. Um, this is the first time that I've enjoyed every single beer that I've had. Uh, Urban Family is the first one I'm I'm going to say at number six. Uh, mostly because it I had trouble pinpointing it, I think. Yeah. Uh, I was a little lost, I that, think. That's kind of a theme. I mean, yeah. We all said, yeah, we both I, said confounding. Well, I, I think my palate just wasn't developed enough for this. Our palates palate weren't developed We've done enough. this for 10 years. Yeah, and, and so, I, I mean, that's that's what I had <laughs> in my notes, is that it, it, it might not be my thing, or it may just be the fact that my palate wasn't I think, and I wonder if you agree with this, I think... I sort of mentioned this before. There's something there. There was some. There was interesting parts of it, but it never sort of got into a cohesive whole. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 I felt lost in it. Yeah. Now this one was a hard choice, and I was debating between number four and five for quite a while. And I'm going to go with Mobcraft, the old fashioned. Um, I really enjoyed uh, the orange and the high, um, highly citrus things about it, but. Uh, out of my list of all the ones that we've had, I'm going to put this at number five. Uh, for number four, I'm going with the Sierra Nevada, the barley wine. Um, I really enjoyed the malty taste of it, but I kind of, I agree with Greg where it started to become a little bit twiggy for the aftertaste of Mm -hmm. it. And it's kind of, it's like, do I want that lingering for that long? Mm Mm-hmm. No, not so much. I, I, I really enjoyed the, the first taste of it and constantly yeah. drinking it. So if I was drinking this all night long, that'd be great. You'd be dead. I'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> 
But no, it it, it had definitely uh, that's not drinkable enough. Yeah, it, it definitely was not. Um, I I enjoyed the flavors of it. I enjoyed the maltiness of it, but I think uh, eventually it just got a little bit too along the lines of the woody side of things. Uh, from that, I'm going to the Voodoo Hoodoo. Uh, I really enjoyed the nice bite that it had, the, the bit of floral that I was tasting out of it. I was getting along the lines of more of the floral mm-hmm. and the hoppiness to it. Uh, number second, I'm going with the... Hardywood black cherry, just because blackberry. blackberry. I'm sorry, I put cherry. The Hardywood blackberry, just because uh, that that was such a unique drink. I I um really enjoyed breaking that apart, and the fact that the berries didn't completely destroy everything else that was there. I was able to get. It was very adventurous being able to drink that beer, and. I, I definitely would not consider that a beer. I would love to look for that to see if I can get Erin to drink that because she's always against beers. Yeah. But yet we found a few that she actually enjoys. We have. And then, of course, number one, I got to go with the, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the Ballast. Ballast. Ballast, yeah, I couldn't point. Uh, the, the Habanero. Oh, just because I've never tasted a beer like this before. I mean, um, I'm fairly new. I'm only roughly two years into this i'm Mm -hmm. 23 so i'm only roughly two years into this and this is probably one of the most unique drinks i've ever had and i've had the honor of at least hanging out with you guys being able to drink like grandmother funk crew and some other great drinks that have the public cannot get to and this the public can get to this the public can can get to and it is just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I've never had the the thought of actually. I never crossed my mind to actually stick habanero with like a, an IPA kind of beer. And it's just uh, the phenomenal blend that they did with it. The mixture of it is perfect too. It's not overly spicy, and it's just a fantastic drink. All right. Well, Nick, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. And uh, we're 73 minutes in, Mm. so we need to wrap this up. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. We really enjoy doing the show for you. Hopefully you, you enjoy listening as well. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, you can hit us up on the email at beer at craftbeerradio.com. If you want to hit us up on social media, we mostly do the Twitter. I think I put the the articles in there. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like an old fogey, right? Uh, I like the Twitter. I think the, the Twitter, Twitter is cool. All right. At Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. You said your Twitter account got hacked, huh? My so. Twitter account got hacked, so I stopped okay. using it. And plus, right. these people aren't going to follow me. They don't care. Uh, uh, for your band. Uh, you can find me at facebook.com slash sweetmary, um, S-U-I-T-E-M-A-R-Y. If you are interested in uh, more along the lines of like hard rock, funk, fusion, jazz, eh, listen to the post-show and or pre-show. And you'll know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> if you must listen to it. The reason why we're listening to Where Is My Mind is because of Mr. Robot. Watch Mr. Robot. I think Jeff and I totally agree. Great show. Show the summer. I totally have not seen it, but I just discovered Rick and Morty, and it's fantastic. Rick and Morty 2. 
Hubba dubba dub dub. Now we got a call for copyright infringement. No, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, that's definitely fair use. I was using uh, Where's My Mind's questionable fair use, but thanks everyone. And uh, tune into the post show where we'll be doing some Amazon. And thank you for dealing with my shenanigans and having me back on Craft Beer Radio. I hope to be back again. Those are the good kind of shenanigans I like. When I hear this, I think of Ben Fold's version of Bitches Ain't Shit. Hey, Ben Phelps is a good band. <laughs>